Temperature? Yeah. Okay. My temperature of what? It's rice and beef. Peppers too. Welcome to the Feast Podcast, a show about family, the joy of life, and of course, food. I'm your host, Sarah Koontz, and I want to inspire you to explore simple, meaningful, and enduring ways to express yourself and share your joy through food and cooking. On today's episode, I'll be sharing with you what the Feast Podcast is all about. We'll see what happens at our house at dinner time when there is no menu, no recipes, and no plan whatsoever for what we are going to eat. And we'll hear an interview with a family friend who introduces us to the very tasty and very colorful world of cold-pressed juicing. Welcome to the Feast Podcast. This is Sarah, and I'm so thankful you joined us for our very first episode. I want to share with you what this podcast is all about. Well, what is this all about? I believe in sharing your passions. And my passions as a registered dietitian, a wife, and a mother of three are family, food, and cooking. With an emphasis on the cooking. I want to do more than just tell you about my passions, but also share my experiences and knowledge with you. I want you to go where we go, hear what we hear, taste what we taste, and not just listen and learn, but to enjoy and share in an experience. We want to take you with us on our adventures as we explore the world of food. We want to share with you the joy and simplicity of preparing meals with your family and friends. So emphasis on simplicity. So we're also going to show you how um, just more than the preparation of the dishes and that meals are about far more than the food itself. The preparing of a meal or a dish for someone actually means something. The food itself and the effort that goes into preparing means something. Cooking and preparing meals for others is about sharing, and food itself is about life. It's much more than the food itself. So we're working together as a family. We're having this quality time together while preparing food. And then, of course, yes, the end result 
of your food is important, but it's, it's even more about the process. So, and too many people, we just struggle with the food, the preparation of meals, dieting, um, thinking it has to be a certain way. And we get so caught up in it and we can almost feel paralyzed with, well, what, what should I do? I don't know. There are so many different messages. So in this podcast, we're wanting to simplify things and make it less complicated for you. And the journey of your food coming to the table, it can and it should be joyful and it should be fun but really you have to you have to let it be and i believe that everybody has this ability to communicate through food and cooking for others and through this podcast i want to help you foster your communication skills when it comes to food a little about just my own background and um just how my interest in food and nutrition began. Um, And it really was sparked in the kitchen, observing, helping my mom and my grandma. This is how I first started cooking. I have warm memories of the freshly baked cookies in my home growing up. And also when we would visit my grandparents in Ohio, there were always cookies and there was this special cookie jar. And I think my grandma probably baked right before we got there. Um, and there was always something so yummy and so delicious waiting for us. And, um, in the mornings when we were staying at my grandparents' house, it was almost always there was raisin bread. So when I'm in the kitchen and I'm mixing up cookie dough or kneading bread, I really do envision my mom's and my grandma's hands as they worked. Now it's my own hands, my children's hands, and we're working the same family recipes alongside many new. And it's all a work of love and joy being shared across the generations. These our nourishing traditions. In the past nine years, I've been on the mission of motherhood. Establishing rhythms and traditions in our home and exploring and experimenting with foods, trying lots of different things. And in this whole process, having lots of fun. And on the side, still thinking of the practical side of nutrition and how how can I make this more nourishing for my family? This is one of the things I want to share with you, um, just my knowledge of the practical nutrition and implementing it as, um, you know, I'm a mother, a registered dietitian, and I want to share my passion to put this nourishing food on the table one ingredient, one dish, one meal at a time. We take this one day at a time. So we're, 
I'm not gonna give you, you know, like a, a 30 day, 30 day meal plan and say, Hey, why don't you just run with that? But we're going to be talking about the day to day. How, how do I do this? And how can I make this simple? I'm just so thankful that you were listening today. My name is Sarah Kuntz, and this is the Feast Podcast, and it is about more than just food. It is a feast of life, of joy, of love, and you are invited. Wednesday, June 21st will be the first day of summer, and we're already hitting triple-digit temperatures here in North Texas. In the next part of our show, we're going to visit a family friend and talk to her about one of the most refreshing and tastiest ways to beat the summer heat. Good luck to my children. <laughs> because they know when they're the host, they have to clean up whatever is left. You know, it is hot. You know, it's supposed to be like 110 heat index for like five days. Mm. So going outside is, unless I'm getting in water, I'm not doing it. (laughs) What is your name? Emily Bridges. So what got you into juicing? Um, So overall health. My father is older. And when people get older, you can start to see that they are becoming a little bit weaker, you know, change in their skin color, things like that. So I wanted to hit him with a lot of nutrients quickly because he is one of these people that doesn't particularly care for vegetables. And he's also a single man, so he's not going to make, you know, meals for himself. It's much easier to grab a hungry man, you know, and pop it in the microwave for himself. So that was number one. Number two is supplements are great you know, to help boost immune systems, but at the same time, there's still an an artificial form of things that already grow on earth, and they've been here for millions of years, and they're here for a purpose. We're supposed to be consuming them. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I started juicing, and it tastes good. (laughs) My children, I've got one that will not eat anything that has any kind of health I'm sorry. This one right here will not eat anything that is substantial or good for him, but he will consume smoothies and he will drink some juice. So if I can sneak in like this amount of carrots into something for him, that's a win for me. The Nava Wong J2. This is a quick, easy, batch like juicing experience. <laughs> for at home. Really gets the juice out of my These fruits are known to have many health benefits, like supporting your immune system, digestive health. Yeah, that one's worth. It. I think it's like four hundred. So it's not. It's not terribly bad, but I mean that one costs a lot more. But because of what it is, there are lots of juicers out there that are very budget friendly. You know, two hundred dollars or so. Yeah. People spend two hundred dollars on a lot less in a matter of a week. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And this is something that'll do you good for a long time. So the juicer 
that you have, um, how long have you had it? Probably since January, maybe. I'm terrible with time And frames. so what were you using before that for Blender. I would, so my juices were on the heavier water. You know, to get carrots to grind up in a blender, you've yeah. got to add a bunch of liquid to it. And so I knew that I was not getting pure juice. Yeah. So that's why I wanted a juicer. So what would you think as far as like, okay, I'm making a juice. When do you want to drink it by for it to have the, um, the greatest health depend, benefits? It depends on the fruit, but I would say 48, 72 hours. 72 hours would be max. Mm -hmm. And like watermelon, I've realized watermelon will last maybe three days. Does not stick around long <laughs> at all. Kind of like when you cut watermelon, it's not good very long mm -hmm. either. But something like carrot juice, I've drank it, I've drank that on day five, you know, and it'd be perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. So it just depends. So I would say three days is a good mark of mm -hmm. any juice so if you were buying juice from a store what are they adding something to it to they know, are doing the shelf life? high process pasteurization is what they're doing to that okay. so they are essentially killing all of the nutrients in it so you mm -hmm. are still gaining some nutrients from the juice but probably a good 70% of it has been killed because you have now put heat to it. Mm -hmm. And that's the whole point behind cold press juice. So today I'm going to try carrot and bell pepper together. But then I'm going to juice oranges separately and then juice pineapple separately. And y'all can make your mix and see which sweetener you like better. And I know which one I prefer. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see which ones y'all will like. And um, I like to let the children in to experiment, you know. Yeah. Connor, if you tell him what it is, there's a good chance he won't even try it. But if you just tell him it's orange juice, he will try it. And then you hit him with it. It's got carrot in it. This is the juicer. Yeah. I'm not sure how much it weighs, but it's really official. So... Is it like stain stainless steel? The yes, all the everything, every the part things. of it is. There's nothing that's not stainless steel except for the, the pusher. Okay, so it'll only hold about a cup in the middle of the cloth, and then you want to like tic tac toe fold it. Because I've already learned this the hard way. If you go too big, it will spew all over, and you can double stack it in the juicer. Ooh. Okay, so this is like the cold pressing? Yes. And the grinder, it never gets warm either. It's loud. It's not terrible. No, it's not. When you're grinding up carrots, it gets a little loud, but for the most part, no. I mean, I can do this in the morning and it not really be an issue for most people in the house. So you see, it's 
orange bell peppers. The store-bought has been high-pressure pasteurized, so it's different. It's taken a lot of the nutrients out of it. I mean, and you can't get fresher than that. No. <laughs> That's delicious. Yeah, it's good. My kids will drink that. looked up how I could reuse pulp. <laughs> I was going to ask about that. And like you've basically taken all the nutrients out of it. You could make dog treats out of it if you would like, but uh, they're probably not going to be as packed with benefits as like before you press this. <laughs> yes, fiber, you are once you grind up the vegetables, you're you're losing on the table. You're losing a lot of the fiber. So, you know, like in thinking about smoothies and just that process of breaking up the fruits and veggies, would you say, and what you have researched and learned, that that takes away the fiber that's in them? Yes. Because it's ground up. Yes. Now, you could add fiber back to any, any juice by choosing to put a banana in it and turn, it, turn your juice into a smoothie. So you could add an avocado or you could add a banana or anything like that, it's depending on what flavors you like. But there are fiber-dense foods that you can add back. Mm -hmm. So, yes, you are losing some fiber when you are juicing. Mm -hmm. No matter how healthy you are or how much you focus on whole foods, it's really hard to get a pound worth of whole foods into you every day. Mm -hmm. One, like I just said, it's, mm -hmm. this little halo is one ounce. I mean, so are you gonna eat eight halos a day? I mean, some might, my kids mm -hmm. might, you know, but you get, get an eight ounce glass, and I think that is 250% of your daily value. Kids ate. So 
four cups of juice, of fresh juice, for six dollars. Yeah. Mm. So compare that to how many ounces is in one of the little bottles that is sold at the grocery store. Like, oh, I'm going to buy some. Eight ounce. Eight ounces. Okay. You know, and those are easily four dollars, especially now in today's economy. Yeah. Well, they're about three ninety nine. And then saying you're at a oh, and then if you're getting market, fresh, okay, so yeah, you're gonna pay. I mean, you can pay up to twelve because I have paid twelve dollars for an eight ounce bottle of juice, easily. And it depends on what's in it. I mean, if you're getting something that has a higher cost produce. It's going to be higher, like if it's mm -hmm. got a lot of beets in it, because mm -hmm. it's not the same price as carrots, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it depends, but not bad. And it's a beautiful color. Yeah. <laughs> bell, orange bell pepper. It smells good. Do you like bell pepper? Nope. I do. <laughs> I do too. I like them all. <laughs> I made one a while back that was purple cabbage, the red grapes, and red apples. Not everyone was a fan of that in this house, but the adults were. <laughs> I mean, it's surprisingly good. It's definitely got a cabbage taste to it, so if it's not your thing, I get it. But like I said, you sweeten it up with more grapes, you know, or more apples. That way, if you just have this aversion to cabbage or it's texture or whatever the case is, put it in a juice. That's the beauty of it is you can put whatever you like in it. Like I like spicy. Not everybody does, but if you put like kale, spinach, and like parsley with a little bit of lemon and a jalapeno pepper, that's a good like, spicy mm. green. Yeah, I like that. And we haven't <laughs> even talked about um, herbs. Yeah, so, so there's some that are cooling herbs, and there's some that are mm. hot herbs, like mint or coriander, cilantro, all of those. You put those in a green juice, like in summertime, you're like, oh, that's mm. actually cool. Like you would think a green juice would be heavy. Yeah. Right? I mean, but if you put the right herbs in it, not at all. Mm. I put basil with the watermelon. Watermelon, lime, and basil is really good, but you can also put mint, and both of those are cooling herbs. Mm -hmm. you know I mean, so it just depends on what herb you like, because mm -hmm. I lean more toward a basil than I do a mint. Mm -hmm. So now I'm gonna do pineapple. And with a pineapple, you just get the rings and you press That's it. That's it. I mean, it's so easy. I mean, like you don't have to trim a pineapple, which no one really likes doing. You can just cut it. This one's kind of large, so I'm gonna have to cut some in half. Mm -hmm. um, but you can use the outside of a pineapple and the core and everything, and you can boil it and make pineapple tea. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, you get all the bromelain out of it. Ooh. Yes, we do that. Mm. So look, I mean, how simple is that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's way faster than <laughs> getting all the exterior off. I need another something. Okay. You need to be drinking the rainbow. <laughs> like, not to knock off somebody else's slogan, but that's yeah. what we need to be doing. <laughs> 
You want to taste the bell pepper by itself? I mean, like it's there, but it's not overpowering at all. I like it. I do. <laughs> I, I didn't expect it to taste like that. Like, I, I thought it would be heavier or more peppery mm -hmm. or stronger, but it's, it's not. Like it, it's refreshing. It's not like taking a bite out of a bell pepper. It's not. For me, I like the orange carrot bell pepper with a little bit of ginger in it. Oh. The ginger will steer my kids away from it, so I love the ginger. Yes, and I love some ginger shots. Those are really good for you. It's also pretty. When you get in here and you start doing it and you go across the rainbow and you just look at all of it, it's yeah. so pretty to look at. Yeah. I mean, because the oranges are very different. They are. Like, that's so dense. <laughs> you know, like, in the sense of, like, mm -hmm. not being able to see through it. So I try to keep in mind that half of it is the way it looks. Yeah. Especially for children, because they're... They've grown very accustomed to everything being so brightly colored when it comes to snacks and treats and juice and stuff like that. Yeah. You can make it pretty. They will open their mind to it. So, if anybody was wanting to start juicing, what kind of advice would you give them? Pick things that you like to start out with. Don't make it too hard. Don't try to be an all-star juicer. Don't try to copy what someone else is doing because you might not like what they're doing when you get it all together with it. Okay, you can taste that by yourself first. Yes. Uh, where's the bell pepper? Ooh, I, the little. Okay, I'm going to give you a little bit of carrot since you drank most of it. ones did you use? Which one? No, this one, this one. I want, I want something that else now. The, okay. That's carrot, this is orange, and this is pineapple. Do you like the pineapple? Me too, I do. But yeah. I, like it with I the tried orange. the bell pepper. It tastes like bell peppers. Thank you, Emily, so much for having us over and showing us how to juice and your awesome machine and um, these nice summer fruits and sharing your joy of juicing with us. Thank you for coming and enjoying all of the rainbow today.
Imagine the following scenario. You've been running around all day, from sunup to sundown. You've been very busy, but at the end of the day, you feel like you've at least been productive. You finally get a chance to rest, put your feet up, and put your phone down. And you hear a whimpering voice say, I'm hungry. And then, what's for dinner? And you realize you have no idea what's for dinner. This happened in our house a few days ago. It wasn't the first time and it probably won't be the last, but some valuable lessons can be learned in the absence of menu. What do you do when it's almost dinner time and you don't have a meal planned? Well, I think this is a common thing. Um, well, I want to backtrack first. Um, when we were talking about on the episode that we didn't have a plan for dinner and we came to dinner time, I don't know what we're going to eat. Well, deep down, I had a plan. And my plan was to not have a plan. And um, for it to be just kind of an easier dinner. Um, Sundays are a long day for us. And I cook all three meals on Sundays. We take our Sunday breakfast to go in the car. A lot of times I'm making like potato and egg tacos or smoothies, fried eggs, yogurt parfaits. And then lunchtime I cook. And then dinner, we like to have something a little easier. We used to do fast food for Sunday nights. But with the economy last year, we realized we had to, we had to make some tweaks in our budget. So that just had to go as um, like a standard. So sometimes we, we do that. But... Most of the time now, we um, we figure out our own thing for Sunday night, and it has to be easy. So my place filler on our menu is, quote, snack dinner. So snack dinner can be called so many different things. The fending for yourself, um, the winging it, um, but I like to call it snack dinner. Um, kind of the easiest way to prepare a snack dinner is um, if you have a charcuterie board or a nice big cutting board, um, you can put that out and you start pulling out your fresh fruits and vegetables. If you have crackers, cheeses, um, some meats, maybe like some dip or hummus, all those things can go out and do it family style, put it in the middle of the table, put out some plates, and everybody can make up their own little plates. So that's one way that we do like a quick, easy snack dinner. 
I also just assess the, the hunger level. So if one of my kids is coming to me, I'm hungry, what's for dinner? So I need to assess, okay, how hungry are we? Are we wanting like a big meal? Are we wanting a smaller, a lighter meal? And for us, we tend to go lighter in the evening. Um, we have, a, um, I cook more breakfast, lunch, and then we go lighter um, at dinner time. So generally, um, we're going we're going lighter at that point. So we see, okay, do I need to prepare a meal, a full meal, or can we just you know put something together? Um, one thing you want to have is a well-stocked pantry, a well-stocked kitchen, a well-stocked refrigerator so that you can do these things. If you are left with, mm, I really don't have anything. I didn't grocery shop. You know, that's a more difficult scenario. But having a well-stocked pantry that you're able to quickly, oh, okay, I have these items and I can make something quick. Look at what leftovers you have. Um, it's a good way to clean out the fridge on the snack dinner nights um, and put all those leftovers out and have your family select from those items. And when we family style, it takes some of that decision fatigue out of the equation. Um, one more decision, right? We have hundreds of decisions that we make per day and to take out some of the food decisions is great to already have it set up. What if there's something called the mouse There are different styles of meal planning and deciding what your family is going to eat from day to day. There are those of us who like to have every meal planned out and it's all on a calendar, it's all scheduled out. And we, you know, go grocery shopping once a week, we get everything. We might even throw in like a month shopping segment to that and buy dry goods all at once. Um, honestly, that is not my style. Um, I, I like to have um, just the flexibility, the creativity to go with things throughout the week. Um, my family, um, we tend to find ourselves on the go and um, my husband especially. So um, our meal times might look a little bit different and I need to be flexible with my meal planning. So um, generally when, when I set up our, what we're gonna eat throughout the week is I have just a loose idea of um, kind of themed dinners like you know this day we do breakfast for dinner this day we do fish and vegetables this day we do our pizza night our homemade pizza night um, so I do like to have a framework to know where I'm going and I work well within that 
but some people do need more structure and some people might need less than that. You know, some people are able to be very spontaneous with their cooking and throw things together. And that's, that's so great. It's such a great skill to have, but then there's others that, you know, you need a recipe for everything. And so there'll just need to be more structure, um, within that and it's a little you know it can be a little harder to improvise something else to keep in mind is that it looks different for every family there is no one right way to do it. So, um, you know, what I do may work for you, may not. Um, I want to give you the tools so that you can make it your own and for it to work for your family. You are not a bad parent if you are throwing a meal together at the last minute. You are not a bad parent if you are doing like a breakfast for dinner. Um, you're not a bad parent if you're doing just, well, let's have some fruit. Let's have some bread. Let's have some cheese. You know, just those simple things. It doesn't have to be this big event. It can be very, very simple. And when we look at traditional diets throughout the world, there are so many just simple foods day to day, even meal to meal, there's a lot of repetition. So don't feel like you have to, you know, make this quote, amazing meal plan where you are checking off all these different boxes. So instead, we have simplicity in the kitchen. Well, that's it for our first ever episode of the Feast Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed listening. Wednesday, June 21st is the official first day of summer. And in our next episode, we will begin a series entitled Summer Cooking with Kids. As always, you are invited to join us. Finally, I leave you with these words from Philippians. Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Bye for now. Thank you.
The Feast Podcast is a production of Skylark Nutrition, a nutrition services provider offering individual nutrition consultations and assessments, customized corporate wellness programming, and community nutrition education. For more information, visit www.skylarknutrition.com. Thank you for listening. You potato chip. You shall never die.